The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. We're talking more cars, dude? Yeah, it's a great day for cars. It is a great day for cars. Well, it's, I mean... Let's just say there's a lot of news because there is some, there are some negative stories, okay. right? That the the strike continues to linger on. It's only day four, but you've had some big offers out there. Stellantis, for example, offered a 21 percent increase in wages, and the union just batted that away. Um, you've had t- I think 20 percent offers from Ford and GM, but they're demanding 36 percent. Plus, they want to bring back defined pension benefits, and they're also pushing for a four-day work week. Okay. I'm pushing for a four-day work week. Nobody's listening to me. We have uh, talked to Ola Kalenius today, the CEO of Mercedes, and now we've got Davide Grasso in here, the CEO of Maserati. And, okay, to be fair, obviously, you're part of a much bigger group, Stellantis, and I'm sure you're not dealing with uh, the strike yourself as you're not producing cars your Maseratis on this side of the Atlantic, but does it have an effect on you indirectly? I mean, do you have supply chain problems if this drags on? Um, how do you see it? Well, um, great question. That you know, directly as you said, we don't have issues because we don't produce. It's hundred percent made in Italy, Maserati. Uh, clearly, uh, we're a global, global, global brand. And uh, you know, for us, in North America is, is an is important market. So uh, you know, we we look forward to the resolution of this because longer term impacts would be on everybody. I mean, on, on everybody in every sector. So uh, so far, we not we haven't not been impacted, but the long term ripple effects, you know, could be um, far reaching for everybody. All right, you know, I got the new estate down on the Jersey Shore, right? Yes. Across the street, in the driveway, not one, not two, but three Maseratis. Wow. Is that Does amazing? Joe Walsh live across the street <laughs> I don't from you? Know. Exactly. WD, yeah. talk to us about your business these days. Where are you in terms of your global business and uh, and in the US? Well, um, global business we are we are, you know, experiencing a nice growth fueled by the introduction of the new product that we launched over the last um, 18 months, I would say. The Grecale. So, the Grecale, yeah. uh, the SUV, and now we just released the Gran Turismo, which is hitting this market in, in these very weeks. And before that, we have the MC20, which um, was uh, represented a little bit the rebirth of the Maserati brand. As you know, Maserati was born on the track. So for us, having <laughs> the MC20 uh, going back from the street to the track, and we had the GT2 program, and then uh, the recently we we, um, we just um, unveiled the extreme version of MC20, which is called the MC Extrema, uh, that we <laughs> unveiled at Pebble Beach, which ah, as, uh, as the beast. <laughs> so, um, you know, all this has generated the, the rebirth and uh, the going back of the brand where it belongs. Uh, which is epitomizing Italian luxury. Um, the beautiful thing about the Maserati brand is that, you, you know, you mentioned three in, a, in yep. the driveway, because, you know, you can find the Maserati for you. Like, there's a two-seaters, there's a four-seaters Gran Turismo. By the way, Maserati invented the, sec- the, the segment of Gran Turismo. It's a trademark word that we, 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 we've had many, 75 years ago, actually. And now uh, everybody who's anybody has a GT car, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and that all comes back to you. How do you differentiate the GT from the MC20? Because they're both, you know, two-seaters, uh, sports cars, right? 
No, the GT is a four-seater. Oh, the GT is a four. The Gran Turismo is a four-seater. I did not. Yeah. I did not. So yeah, it's, and it's so, a very so comfortable you're putting that versus a 911, essentially. Uh, yeah, there's different type of competitors to, for the for the for the um, uh, for the Gran Turismo. I tend not to name competition, <laughs> but by, by just by you know having worked uh, you know in, in, in previously in, in different uh, environment, including sports, you focus on on, on our game. But it's true, you have um, four seaters as um, as as competitor for the Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo actually was originated 75 years ago by the Maserati um, creativity, if you will. Uh, and, and ingenuity, because they basically put um, a coupe, a coupe, but in uh, you know with the, with the spaciousness of uh, of a sedan, and the drivability of a sport coupe, but with the plush comfort of a sedan, and that created the Gran Turismo. That's so, why I mean, I don't mean to compare it to a 911. I'm just saying it's it's among those class of cars where you say it's a four seater. But we're not putting a couple of adults in the back, right? I mean... No, no, you, I'll be happy to drive around and you sit in the back <laughs> and you'll tell me how you feel after two hours drive to the Hamptons. Wow. Look at that. That's a great offer as well. He's going to drive me to the Hamptons. <laughs> and he's going to drop I off. have uh, driven the, um, uh, the Gricali and mm -hmm. the Trofeo. I had the Trofeo version, which okay. is, I think starts at 103, 103 grand. Um, amazing car and for me it was kind of a life-changing experience because i had previously shunned v6s really but this power plant was everything in that car to me um and it's i think derived from the mc20 right it is it is yeah and the mc20 is powered by the Nettuno engine which is again made in maserati again Nettuno is from king neptune by the way yeah you know he he carried the trident trident hence yeah. their you know yeah. Okay. Oh, the monster. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all time. It all comes okay. together. It all, it all comes, comes together. together. <laughs> Thank you. David Day, who is your customer in, in, is there a typical customer or is it different in Europe versus North America versus maybe Asia? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, we, again, as we repositioned the brand and we started, the, the so the results we're we are, we are getting and North America is on the forefront of this growth because it's a critical market for us where historically we had a great position and now we're actually enjoying that history but with new product and new uh, growth spurt. So, um, you know, we uh, refocus the brand on its values which are, you know, it's Italian luxury and performance. Yeah. So we're focusing on a new luxury consumer, which is by nature global. So the mindset of the consumer is similar. The lifestyle of the aspirations, the type of activities are similar. So uh, there's many more um, uh, similarities between uh, New York and Shanghai and London modern luxury customer uh, than, than, than differences, right? And then there, of course, there's different regulations, different uh, urban or suburban type of situations. But that's what is actually giving us um, the, 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 the confidence that this um, growth path we're on is going to be a long-term growth. That's definitely it's, uh, it's our intention and our plans. Uh, we're a growth company. The other thing is the global luxury consumer is not looking anymore just for super sports cars or just for Gran Turismo. 
but they have a lifestyle for which they may need a medium-sized SUV. But, you know, just like you were saying, is, um, you know, you have certain needs or desire in terms of the, the responsiveness of the engine or the type of luxury experience you have as a driver or as passenger, not only in terms of materials, but also in terms of the digital interaction that you have with the car. So we put a lot of efforts also and focus on uh, the digital driving experience. So this is a whole new generation, essentially, of Completely new, completely new. Um, how do you, you're, you're trading within Stellantis, they own uh, Maserati, but um, you should be trading at a much higher valuation. That is, they should be getting a lot more value from Maserati than they do inside the company. Mm -hmm. And they break out- um, Investment banker now, trying to- Your financials. Here. <laughs> they break out your financials, and they don't break out, Stellantis doesn't break out all of their brand's financials, mm -hmm. but they do for Maserati. Mm -hmm. If you do well, do you see an IPO in your future? It's a question that, it's a great question, it's a question that's been asked uh, several times. I'm hoping to, you'll give me a different answer. <laughs> to, uh, no, I, you know, to, to me, uh, to uh, uh, CFO and, uh, and to Carlos and uh, Carlos Tavares, our CEO, group CEO. And the kind of answer is like, right now it's not in the cards. Right now the cards, we are focusing totally in, in, in really capturing the growth potential long-term that Maserati has in order to deliver the high demands that a global customer, uh, global customer, um, luxury customer has. And we're focused on that. We're very pleased about the journey we've had. Four years ago, we were in a, we're in a very different um, you know, situation as a brand, as a business, but we still have a long ways to go. So how, how much can you grow? I mean, aren't you limited? To some extent, by uh, unit sales, isn't there a ceiling at, as far as how many you can actually sell? Uh, it's a great question because it allows me to shift, to build on what you were saying. And um, when, you, when you work in luxury, the focus is not on volume. If you want to be healthy and delivering to the customer needs over the long term, you have to focus on, on, on profit. Without, and, and on quality, of course. So without quality, these are the two fundamental elements of our plan, uh, without quality, you, you don't have luxury. You know, quality brands, uh, luxury brands, even in other fields, you know, normally are like 100 years old, and they were born as a high quality brand, right? And over time, you become luxury because you are very steady in delivering luxury. The other thing you need to do is you need to have your, your added value recognized by the customer in pricing. Right, so we put a lot of effort in that and rebalancing and redefining our business model, and we have now a 9.2 uh, percent um, AOI just operating, uh, and 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 margin and. You know, our goal is there's no need, no, there's no reason why we shouldn't be at 15% first, which is like benchmark and, and above 15%. So that's what we're looking at. And the volume then is, um, you know, could be a really um, dangerous trap to fall in, 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 in the mindset, oh, I need to sell more, I need to sell better. We don't want to be much better bigger, but we want to be recognized as the best in terms of, uh, you know, um, Italian luxury. Real quick, quickly, 30 seconds on your evolution to going uh, electric. Where are you guys? Uh, we're almost ready to actually have Maserati cars, okay. um, electric cars uh, driven in the roads. You know, by the now and the end of the year, we're going to uh, introduce, in, you know, launch the Grecale electric, and the electric version is Folgore. Folgore, going back to mythology, means lightning. And Folgore is, uh, you know, is, uh, is uh, the Maserati, the name that identifies Maserati uh, electric. And then we also have the Gran Turismo electric. 
All right, um, the, ne- the next time we get you in, I want to figure out how you went from the sneaker business mm-hmm. to the luxury automobile business. You went. And before then, let's get you in a Maserati. Yeah, you have then to we'll get me in a- drive the product before you interview the CEO next yeah, time. Yeah, next time. We'll, we'll, we'll do that next time. Davide Grasso, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, CEO of Maserati joining us live here in our Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio. It's been a great card day for you, man. Yeah. I I've mean, been enjoying it. Yeah, we got it. It's just, I mean, you, you drive everything that's out there on the road. You might as well. Well, I and haven't I, driven the GT yet. I got to drive the GT. Okay, we'll get you. Get you behind. I think we. And know we what didn't I, do the Joe Walsh joke. We didn't have you. Ha- have you heard the Joe Walsh song? Life's been good to me so far. No. He says my Maserati <laughs> does one eighty-five. <laughs> you must know that. It's a rock star. Yes, you do yeah. know that. Okay. Okay. Good. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.